High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, DJs, bowlers, punks, and nerds. Oh, and an extra special shout-out to my murder buffs out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my house this evening. But first, let's chat about your homework assignments, shall we? Your freshman year assignments. John Cusack still blocking us. Still blocking our Twitter page. Guys, come on, get your act together. Get on that. If you're not familiar, John Cusack, like week one or two, decided to block us on Twitter because I asked him a simple question about the film Better Off Dead. It's up to you guys to message him and, I don't know, let him know that we like him here. We want John Cusack back in the High School Slumber Party fold. Anyway, really, really big thank you once again to Erica Smith last week for uh, stopping by and chatting the movie Saved. Did you guys get a chance to watch Saved or listen to the podcast? If you didn't, I want to remind you again, such an underrated film. We had a blast talking about it. And you definitely want to check it out. Like, I hope the... uh, I hope the nostalgia bug caught you when you maybe listen to the episode or watch the film again. It definitely did with us, and yeah, I mean, thank you, Erica, and thank you for bringing Saved back into the world. This week's homework assignment, though, was to watch a little film called Summer of 84. It's it's on demand, you can rent it, and it's pretty good. I didn't know about it till one of our guests, Joey, mentioned it to me. Well, I, I did, I almost saw it, and I'll get into that in a second, but I almost kind of blindly saw it. I didn't really know about it. But he said he wanted to do it, and I'm so excited to talk about it. I'm so excited to have these two guests on the Slumber Party. First guest, as I mentioned, the godfather himself, Joey Lewandowski. And our other guest is someone... Also, we're welcoming back Alexander Schroeder. Alex Schroeder was on our My Friend Dahmer episode, one of our more popular episodes. And they're going to come in and they're going to break down with me this great little indie 2018 horror film, Summer of 84. You guys know what that sound means. But before we welcome our guests, quick network programming note. And we'll call it an extra credit assignment here. Joey and Mike Manzi's Watch the Throne podcast, the Charlize Theron one, you know, is coming to an end. I know they were, like, really, like, excited for the ending films of this. And we'll hear Joey talk about it later on this show, actually. But that podcast is over, and you know what that means, right? It's award season. We're getting an award show. 
They're calling these awards the Chrome Teeth. That's interesting. <laughs> and of course you can vote for the Chrome Teeth, all kinds of fun categories, at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. You know that's going to be a fun time. Definitely do it. Like I said, extra credit assignment. Let me know who you voted for. Or don't. Just let me know you voted. If you want to do like the whole blind Australian ballot method and you don't want to be influenced at the polls, I hear you. Well, without further ado, pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. So I leave you with Bananaramas, Cruel Summer. It's in the movie, and it's a dope song. Class dismissed. believe how little you know about horror movies not even just how little you know about horror movies but like how little you care about knowing about horror movies <laughs> like it feels like a choice it, it feels like you're spiting us i don't know it's just something i was not exposed to as a child mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know it was, it's a very different genre to me and i feel like it's too late to start you know no, no. it's never too late it's not too late i have to i'm forced to with this podcast but <laughs> i'm excited so far so so good on horror films. I mean, you made me mad this week because you, me, and Mike were talking on Facebook, and you were ta- you were you were shit talking the horror genre because of Mike's description of Jason Ten or Jason X or whatever it is. Okay, and- okay, come on, that that's so ridiculous. I, that is like the most. What was it like? In the year twenty four fifty five, on a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power up the lab. You brought him on board? Everything's under control, man. What the hell is going on? Jason Voorhees, that's what's going on. He's an unstoppable killing machine. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're going to be all right. What? Are you high? Uh oh. You have got to get them out of there. Hey, Slappy! I think we're finally okay. What the hell is that? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, wow. He's been modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. They go to space. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's Makes a sense. high school movie somehow. So I saw it once. <laughs> I think I might have been a little high.
family. <laughs> so I think like maybe it started with them in high school and some somehow they they got into you know what i don't know i mean lockout is in space and lockout is great fast and furious is gonna go to space at some point they have to that's gonna be great <laughs> but it, yes it's true but shout out too fast you forever oh my god it's why the only high school class that's and they're not even high schoolers i was gonna say the magic school bus but those kids are not high schoolers though i'd like to see a virgin of that anyway a virgin Ooh, of that a virgin yes i would like to see a, a live virgin. action Magic of school magic bus. school of us. I think they're gonna do that. I think. Nah. I think really? I heard some rumors. Who would be Miss uh, Miss Frizzle? I don't know, but Buzzfeed <gasps> would be all over that. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I bet Jenna Guillaume would be all over that. That to me is like a deterrent from getting into horror films. Don't no. use the tenth movie in a horror franchise to determine an entire genre. There's so much good horror out there. I know. Like I both know. new and old. Oh, especially the new. I'm still married to Hereditary. Very Ooh. hard. People keep recommending yeah. this. Yes. I haven't seen it yet. I don't listen to that. This might sound terrible on a podcast, but one day I'll get that reference. <laughs> I mean, just watch a trailer. You'll yeah. get it. Is the trailer enough? Like, uh, no. <laughs> well, no, you have to watch the whole movie, but you'll, you'll get You'll the... know what we're clucking about. Right, right, right. Clucking? Is it like a... It is clucking. The scary chickens? Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that, that shouldn't be that silly when we just talked about a film about like a dead guy who has been in hell, mind you, according because there's a Jason Goes to Hell, uh-huh. mm-hmm. who's somehow now in space that a group of kids apparently have to go Well, there's Poultrygeist. Is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is it? It's, oh, God. It's Lloyd Thanks Kaufman Kelly. Troma. Thanks, Kel- th- well, there's, thanks- there's also Thanksgiving, which is just a trailer, but the Thanksgiving trailer... By Eli Roth and Miller Grindhouse oh, yes, is yes. a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> that I have seen. Come hungry, leave stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is October. Yes. It is the Halloween month. Not every movie we're doing is Halloween-y. This, I don't know, would count because it's called Summer of 84. So it's... It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. But is it? Yeah. Mm, because there are some genre actually. questions, according to my Googling. Some people have said it's more of a thriller. I would actually argue that that it's more of a thriller because it's more of like a murder mystery with awesome jump scares. And I mean, and gore. We're getting ahead, but it kind of actually reminds me, Alex, of the film we did on this podcast together, mm-hmm. My Friend Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Now, My Friend Dahmer obviously was based on a true story, and this isn't. I'm assuming, unless someone has information I don't have. You never know who's living next door to you, Brian. <laughs> True. I was looking around, trust me. But it's one of these films, Summer of 84, where, like, what, there's one murder in the entire film, I think, that we yeah, see? Yeah, but they say that the guy's killed 13 boys over mm-hmm. the span of a couple and, months. And a family. But mm-hmm. si- similar to Dahmer, where, even though it hadn't happened yet, but we know there's other murders, it's like there's only one on-screen thing. And that's not a criticism. I, I found well, it's not like a... Like I think I think you're being misled by like slasher films because like in Halloween it's a slasher film where they're like the whole point of it is like a bunch of people are gonna die like mm. there's only you know one one kid gets killed who we don't know and then at the very end you know there's a murder but it's more methodical yeah the the killing but there's no like spooky ghost in this or a mummy or... there's a lot of different kinds of horror <laughs> spooky ghost or mummy are you trying to make me mad. <laughs> It's working. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, guys, thanks for coming on the slumber party. Of course. We both have been on before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Spooky ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a ghost in here. That's ooh, ooh Halloween man. Seriously? No. Oh. No, I do not actually believe there's a ghost in here. And oh. I don't want to think that because that'll make me scared at night. 
Anyway. <laughs> the ghost is still screwing with your Things phone Things keep over there. moving around here. This is like the like weirdest it. thing. I said ghost and I jinxed it. I haven't said the G word my entire time I've lived in my apartment, but now, <laughs> suddenly. Whatever. Imagine the people who have died in this oh, apartment. Oh, yeah. I wonder how old this building is, and you can just probably tack on a death of Reeve. There are deco, so it's probably like fancy Gatsby-ish people. Mm. Ghosts, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> you guys have both been on before. Yep. I guess, Joey, go first. Introduce yourself. Joey Lewandowski, 100 Central Regional High School, class of 06. Go Red Devils. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Red Devil. Woo! Yay. Alex. Yes, I am Alex, or Alexandra Schroeder. Uh, I always forget what class I graduated from, because I hopped around schools a little bit, but San Marcos High School in San Marcos, Texas. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, as I mentioned, you were on My Friend Dahmer, and mm-hmm. Joey, you were on Edge of Seventeen. And the soon-to-be-released yes. Last Picture Show. Last Picture Show, which should come out somewhat around this time. Mm-hmm. Like, look at my calendar. Get excited. I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a lot a lot of Joey, guys. A lot of Joey. Lots of the rule. If you don't get a lot of me, canceled. It's <laughs> a good point. So th- this is one of our, our, what is it, 35 obligatory episodes yeah yeah okay Although i don't know like you know speaking about i don't know if i'm ever gonna be back on kyle's podcast because i feel like i have nothing to bring to a food podcast <laughs> you eat food i do eat food but i already talked about that but you're you're a man you live alone you have it's to true. cook for yourself it's true we had a funny food story the other day which you should say for kyle's podcast because that's oh, not <laughs> still haven't gotten a call back though you and I were getting a little bit heated. Long story short, there's a pretzel snafu with some pretzel delivery from miles and miles away. How angry what? on a scale of 1 to 10, Alex, would you be? 10 being like, <laughs> I demand action. 1 being like, it's no big deal. Okay. Your food, you order food and it shows up from Grubhub two and a half hours later. Oh, calling, begging, not begging, but, but demanding like three free deliveries yes, from the yeah. place that is not grubhub's fault anyway let's not get into this here this is brian is a brand ambassador for grubhub i can tell you that i much. am not the brand ambassador though grubhub if you are listening i'm more than willing to be the brand ambassador for grubhub you can finance a lot more high school slumber party podcast episodes of course the boss will get a kickback that's understood <laughs> <laughs> well again thanks guys for coming on class of 84 it's just class of 84 right summer of 84 summer of 84 i get confused because I did a movie with Michael Manzi, the other co-founder, and that was class in 1984, Mm -hmm. Mm. both the same year. Uh, Well, that was not technically my freshman year. I think that was in our little little, uh, orientation period. But now we're in the freshman year, (laughs) summer of 84. Mm -hmm. Joey, you recommended this film. I did. Yeah. How'd you find this? So this was a movie that was directed by and scored by a team that did Turbo Kid that came out three years ago. Have you seen Turbo Kid? No. Oh my god. Turbo Kid is the best. Also, I do want to shout out that this month, I think right around whatever day this comes out, on Cinemakers, Mike and I are going to be joined by Nick Jenkins of The Real Bad Podcast, who was on your summer school episode. Yes. And the three of us are going to talk about this movie and Turbo Kid, because Cinemakers, we follow a director through their work, and in between, we like to do a, like a standalone episode of people who have like two or three movies. Mm-hmm. And so what was interesting, and I'm talking about it on that one too, is that like as time has gone on, the people that we had called out early that had two or three movies have made another movie. And it's like, now do we do four in a single episode? That feels like too many. So I was like, what do I want to do? And I had heard about this, I think because 
It's called the RKSS Collective. It's these three Canadian people. It's two guys and a girl. And they made Turbo Kid, which is Mad Max on bicycles. And it rules. It's so good. It's so good. And it has this great synth score, which is done by this band, Lamatos, who did Mm -hmm. this. And so between knowing that and just this kind of movie is right up my alley. And I think I'd seen a friend who has made horror movies and goes to a bunch of different festivals to show them off. And I think he saw them at one of those places and he, he loved this movie. And I was like, oh, this is all right up my alley. Mm-hmm. And so it hit on demand and I watched it and I was like, yep. And I was like, cool, it's horror movies. I want to talk about with Brian. Or I mean, it's high school movies. I want to talk about it with Brian. And I knew that Alex liked serial killers. Yes. Because of my friend Dahmer. Oh. Also because we, uh, we stole her or we're going to steal her for the Ted Bundy Zack Attack episode. So excited. (laughs) Whenever that comes out. Like my breath just like catches. I'm so excited. So I was like, this is a great crossover event of sorts. Mm -hmm. Of interest, at least. In the 80s, we would have called this a backdoor pilot almost for that episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is interesting because I had, so I had heard of this movie. Yeah. Because I almost saw it. I almost saw it. (laughs) (laughs) I went to the Nighthawk and if you listen oh, to Oh, they were showing in the theaters. Well, it they were screening this year, yeah. They were yeah. It. Yeah. Um, I went to the Nighthawk to see 8th Grade, another podcast oh. uh, episode we've done here. And I had a lot of time to kill. So I saw this movie, Skate Kitchen, another great movie that came out this year. And then right after that, they were playing this one. And I was like, could I do three in a row alone? Yes. And I was tempted to, yeah. but... They have beer. Yeah, well, that, I, was, I was eating and drinking, so it wasn't so bad, but, like... Did you use my free... I gave you a free Nighthawk coupon, didn't I? Oh, yeah, but I think that was after that, no? Where did I put that coupon? No, I gave that to you at my barbecue, I think. Damn it! I didn't use... Okay, I'll go back and use it. No, but, <laughs> like, so I almost saw this, and I probably would have seen it if it came after 8th grade. Yeah. But then, when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So this is, like, another 2018 movie. Yep. Yeah, I guess, uh, let's get into it. Wait, Alex, have you seen this before? No, not not until you, you heard of it? it. No, not at all. This was a secret gem. Mm. So, so, Alex, you asked a good question before. You said you met, you just heard it from a friend. Like, is this yeah. was this movie even wide released? Or? No, I think I didn't know that it was in theaters at all. That's why I was surprised that it was in Nighthawk because but I just thought it was an on-demand movie. I it was at the Nighthawk, but I, I look when once I went home, I looked it up, and you could still get it on demand. I think they were yeah. just screening it because it was cool because it's Brooklyn. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're notorious for that. Yeah, so it's not, I mean, I could have a beer watching it at home, or I could be socially out at the Nighthawk, so I guess it's like... A, Awkwardly paired up with somebody sitting next to you? Yes. Which, at a, sharing a table? Happen. I gotta tell happen. you, I, I watched uh, Hereditary at Nighthawk, and I got so angry because the couple next to my roommate and I were so loud, demanding the waitress to keep coming oh, over. Totally, like, semi-ruined the experience for me. But. Do you prefer to see a horror slasher thriller this that family of films mm-hmm. um in the privacy of your own home or in the group environment of a theater i like group because i like to watch everyone else get as freaked out as me that's a fair that's it's, a, fair it's a fun little class <laughs> i'll do either i like it in the theater when it's a good audience like i love going to fantastic fest i couldn't make it this year because going to Scotland for a wedding was very expensive and I couldn't do both but oh really (laughs) really but Fantastic Fest is great because it's all a bunch of it's mostly horror and sci-fi and fantasy and this sort of movie and it's several hundred people who love those kind of movies and they're all there they've all paid a lot of money to be there and they're all like super into it so like when you have a crowd like that it's like oh this is a great room to see it with and then you go back you know 
the first year I went, I saw The Guest, which is great. Oh, I love that one. And yeah. we saw it there, and it was amazing. And then I went back to see it again, because it opened that weekend. I went back there, and it was just like a mostly empty crowd, and people just didn't care. I was like, there's something missing. Mm. But yeah, if you're like into it, like if there's a good crowd, absolutely. But if you're sitting next to people who are loud, or people aren't into it, or people are talking back at it, or whatever, I don't mind seeing this alone, like at my house, which I saw this, you know, I've seen this alone twice. That's the only time I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing I wouldn't be part of that good crowd you're describing. You could be. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, I would love to see you actually jump at something yeah. and then be like, no, whatever. I that do was a big get deal. scared. It's just, again, it's something I'm not exposed to. I just didn't watch them as a kid. I mean, we watched horror movies. How many did you watch with me this uh, last weekend at Camp Cage Club? Did you see? So we watched four. I think, no, I watched one by myself. That was the fourth one. But we watched Demons. I think two and a half. Pieces. We watched uh, The Fan, Trance. Did you leave in the middle of that, maybe? Or you see the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, And then we, I watched uh, Fright Night. Hey, but myself. those were cool. You know, those were yeah. cool. The, those didn't feel like... You were a great crowd, Matt. Yeah, you were. I mean, I just want people who respect the cinema. Mm-hmm. I think I respect the cinema of a course. little bit. A wee bit. <laughs> not enough where I'm not doing an auteur show here. If you mm. listen to this episode, or any of the, these episodes, you probably understand that I don't respect it as enough as... Uh, as much as I should, you know. Sure. Because I don't talk about shots and stuff. Yeah, that but I've been criticized. Nobody wants to hear about that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is a slumber party. What what dumbass slumber party you, do you come to and talk about shot work? Sorry, I'm not making fun of your party. I realize that now. <laughs> we talk about I'm shot just work sitting at my here. Party. I'm just watching this. <laughs> just joking. This is good. It's good stuff for me. Oh, but you did bring a sleeping bag to my party. I did, and I slept in one. Did you really? Yeah. On the floor. No, on your couch. There you so go. It matter, but, <laughs> but I was prepared to sleep on the floor. You no, know, I have plenty of room to sleep. Well, I don't know. I don't know uh, the rules. I have a whole or... house. Yeah, but still. Mm. You know, I, I was kind of looking forward to the floor sleeping in for like two seconds, probably. <laughs> then you're like, wait, I'm, a, I'm an adult. <laughs> I have back problems I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you mentioned sleeping bag. Both of you have said your ideal high school slumber party sleeping bag. What is your... Halloween theme or horror theme. Ooh. Sleeping bag. If you're bringing the sleeping bag to the party, it's October. Any sleeping bag you want, what are you bringing? So I don't know. This isn't like this isn't necessarily. It's not movie related at all. But on the outside, it's like you know, orange and brown, sort of like Halloween colors, and you open it up and it's all just red, like it's blood inside. Ooh. That's a good one. See, Seems I'll, like a terrible sleeping bag, but I also <laughs> like the idea. I'll piggyback on that and say that the the front part that everyone gets to see looks like sewn up skin together. Yeah. And then on the inside, it looks all red and bloody. Yeah, I'm liking that. There's been a common theme, the interior bloody. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, High school. What what did you guys do for Halloween in high school? Had you given up on Halloween already? No. Okay. Were you serious about it? I was dead serious. What were your Halloweens like in high school? Uh, Major, major parties. Um, normally pretty awesome costumes put together. Oh, but Halloween in Texas is hot, right? Like, it's not... I mean, well, hot as in it's like 60 degrees. Okay, so like an ideal Halloween, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like you can dress as scantily as you wish. Now be that sexy like bumblebee 80. you always wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> so those Did you see that they sell uh, sexy handmaid's costumes now? 
I think that would probably negate the whole <laughs> the whole idea. Or it, it? or it reinforces the whole idea. Like <laughs> I don't know. I think no, a lot I mean, of like, feminists su- would just, kind of be up in arms. No, I'm just that. saying like the subjugation of women that it's portrayed. Like that's you know what's happening. Hmm. It reinforces. Little nod, a little tip of the, the dystopia. <laughs> My oh, eyes I'm not are saying, up here. I'm not saying it's a good idea at all. I'm just saying. No, I, <laughs> it, just, it seems to fit so. right into the world. It was of the funny Handmaid's though. Tale. Like if I saw a whole bunch of them walking down the street, I'd, I'd uh, probably have a little giggle. Yeah, just a little giggle. So, we're, is that something you would do in high school? No, do Handmaid's Tale? So. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. No, nay, that's so not me. What did you dress up as? Um, I, I definitely liked to be characters that were um very not myself i think i was like a nun for a few years and i would just get black out wow okay yeah yeah like two years that's commitment you know i love because the character evolves every year a little bit but she's pretty set in her ways (laughs) that's fair yeah she's a nun i might bring her out this year We'll see. Ooh. Well, now that the movie The Nun is out, you could be that The Nun. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that movie. (laughs) Joey, what were your Halloweens like in high school? I'm trying to remember. I got back into Halloween in college because I had friends and we still went trick-or-treating once in college. Got some very disappointing looks. (laughs) Weren't you guys a little bit old? We're like, well, you know. No, never too old. Maybe. I mean, I can see where they're coming from. I disagree, but I can see where they're coming from. Like, I'm not going to give these, like, 20-year-olds candy free candy but whatever <laughs> mm. i feel like halloween in high school i probably just went trick-or-treating with my sister who's a couple years younger but i don't think i like definitely you know no parties because i wasn't you know talked about sort of a boring down the middle of the road high school experience i don't know mm. one day like episode 33 in the joey tour on mm-hmm. high school slumber party you're gonna just like break down and reveal like <laughs> who you actually were in high school i was gonna say it's depressing but you're just gonna like be like oh no oh i was actually like secretly this kind of vigilante that you know. cool Whoa. i was the drug dealer <laughs> yeah you know brick brick is a biography about me are you, are you doing brick on the show <gasps> yeah of course good brick is on the list cool oh oh yeah i think i saw that that's a good one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so let's dive into summer of 1984, right? Like, yep. uh, one of definitely, there's a lot of things I want to talk about this film because yeah. a, a lot of people I talk to really like the film, but re, I read online, like, it's kind of getting mixed reviews from people, which, which I think is interesting. Um, but before that, no uh, DVD back. No VHS back. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Got an Amazon rental summary. Go for it. But it's actually much longer than the Netflix summaries. Which is just like one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It's the summer of 1984. The perfect time to be a 15-year-old and free. But when neighborhood conspiracy theorist Davey Armstrong begins to suspect his police officer neighbor might be the serial killer, uh, sorry, the serial killer all over the local news, he and his three best friends begin an investigation that soon turns dangerous. Yeah. It's perfect. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so this is something I've definitely noticed. The more modern we get, the more um, good these are, like yeah. accurate these are. Because mm-hmm. probably like 2003 and before, they're all pretty much made up by people who didn't see the movie. And this one also doesn't reference the sexy next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah. They're not trying to sell it like that. And I'm actually surprised they didn't reference I them. liked that though. Ooh, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll that talk about the contentious points. We'll dish. Online, not necessarily from me. I'm yeah. excited to dish. Dish, <laughs> dish, baby. 
So 66% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics, 71% by the audience, which aren't bad scores. It's fresh. Yes, certified fresh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hipster is a bad word, but like this seems like if you're... If you enjoy this kind of thing, you really like this film. But if you're like a casual person just popping in, mm-hmm. you're not so much a fan. Because I, I like to read through the reviews. Of horror or of what? Like, a fan of what? Like, what What do you... Yeah. I would say, what's your divide? Like, a few elements. Indie horror, you know? Okay. Oh, okay. Because mm. it definitely had those, like, stereo, very, like, stereotypical essences of certain kinds of films that could be... <laughs> I have no idea what I'm well, talking no, about. Like, I'm just I don't know reading if... from... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. This is like what uh, people have been saying. Mm-hmm. It's I haven't found like a live living person with a pulse who didn't like this film. If that makes sense. Well, so on on my letterbox, I have like five or six friends who've seen this movie, and the scores range from like a star and a half to five stars. Oh, so you have it, a there's star a and real friend. so somebody I don't know, but there's this woman who's I think really kind of popular on letterbox called Holly Horror, and she reviews a lot of horror movies, mm. and she gave it one and a half. Like she really ripped into it. But, you know, I loved it, my friend loved it, who told me about it, or I saw about it, or whatever, but I think there is, even if you're into horror, into this kind of thing, I don't know that it's necessarily a slam dunk, because I, I can see why people could be bothered by, like, what they might perceive as, like, a forced 80s aesthetic, or, you know, I know that Nick Jenkins of The Real Bad Podcast, not to spoil Cinemakers, talked about how much he hated uh, how bad these kids just all want to jerk off, like, they just talk about jerking off the entire movie, yeah. Like, there's little things that could bother you, but, like, once I realized what I was watching, and I love the synth, and I liked, you know, the dynamics, and I liked that the the next-door neighbor is, like, she's kind of like the big... Have you seen The Babysitter? The movie mm-hmm. The Babysitter by Mick G? That came mm-hmm. out on Netflix last year? No, no. Okay, I won't spoil sorry. it then, but, like, it's sort of the... She's the cool, you know, but it's not like they... It's not like she has a relationship. She's just, like you're the only person in this town who's not, like, an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I like the dynamic there. I love Rich Summer, you know, from... I knew him from, like, podcasts and stuff, and then he's also been a voice actor in a bunch of things, and obviously he's from Mad Men, which I've only seen part of or whatever, but I like him in that. I like that the movie, basically from the beginning, says, oh, no, he's the killer, and you just have to sort of figure out if... Like, that's where the movie starts from. It's not like, oh, is he the killer or not? We're not sure. But, like, the kid is convinced from very early on, like, 20 minutes in, like, oh, no, he's he's the guy who did it. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty convinced. And even with their circumstantial evidence, I can see how a kid would be like, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, and you hit on a good point. Like, like this is something that, um, like, the imagination of a child mm-hmm. is what really propels this. But sometimes, like, that's, like, the adults are jaded, you know, as they generally are portrayed. Sure. So I love that part. But uh, Joey, just something you said too, like yep. the whole, um, back in like 70s police dramas, mm-hmm. there was two types, right? There was the whodunit, mm-hmm. which was, you find out at the end who did it, yep. obviously. And the how catch em. Yes. This is a how catch em, you know. We know who did it. We got to figure out how he's, he's... And they don't catch him, spoiler alert. Which I also love. Yeah, I actually, love yeah, that this that movie's like, fuck you, he's getting away. I it's love, like, what? Yeah, the last uh, the last just scene of events, I was just like, my mouth was watering about wrote, how fantastic that, it became. And, uh, that's one of the criticisms of this film. Oh, that, mm-hmm. like, I know. I know. Everything, <laughs> ha- like, everything like that happens hour 15 in, like the last half hour. Oh yeah, because like an, like, an hour 20 in, <laughs> the town's like, oh yeah, no, the cop's the killer. And then I'm like, oh, cool, this is where we wrap up. And it's like, no, there's another <laughs> 25 minutes of this movie. Yeah. I love that he's like, you stole my life, which is such a 
beautifully ironic thing for a serial killer to say. Mm -hmm. But then I wrote down this quote. His quote is, all I want to do is kill you. That's not enough for you. You spent so much time thinking about me. I want to keep, I want you to keep thinking about me. I want you to imagine what I'm going to do when I come back for you and I'm going to come, and I'm going to come back for you. Mm-hmm. After you've spent your life Ooh. looking over your shoulder, after you've wondered every single day if that's the day I'm going to come back for you, one day you'll be right. Oh. And just peace out. Yeah. Which, oh, so good. And <laughs> I, I, you love mind. horror. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Jason X, let's do it. Let's <laughs> Jason X, can it tattoo. I need a big old movie poster. <laughs> No, um, I don't mind a slow, long build if it's going to build to something. Yeah. You know? And I don't care if that something is... I mean, this is a half hour long. There are movies that have, like, like a five-minute jolting thing. Have there. you seen The House of the Devil? Yes. Love that one. If you want, like, an 85-minute slow burn to five <laughs> minutes, like, what is happening? Ugh. Yeah. Another chef's kiss. That one's a huge <laughs> turn. I did not see that Ooh. coming at freaking all that good movie. to know not a high school film though i'm assuming college uh yeah she's, she's a, like she's, a she's like a sophomore in college. Yeah. right in college that's same that's diff the, uh, next decade's podcast the it follows years. it follows me me <laughs> me yes um no i mean like this that's what it is and if you don't like that kind of slow build thing or the other thing you mentioned that people criticize is like the forced 80s aesthetic people said it was like a stranger things ripoff yeah but then mm. i read that it was in production before stranger things i believe it um, I feel like Stranger Things kind of ruined like I love Stranger Things I love most of Stranger Things but I feel like Stranger Things gave kind of credibility to people being like oh well that's just dumb because it's 80s like I feel like that's now the definition in a sense of like what people have a criticism about you know what I mean like, they can just point that and be like it's like that and everybody likes that that's too popular it's funny and this is something we talked about um on this podcast, on the Grease episode, that like certain decades becoming well, vogue. tell me about it, stud. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> thank you. Have a good time. Certain uh, um, decades become in vogue, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. later on, and this is just obviously '90s and '80s um, yeah. have become very popular to do. But did anyone criticize people doing '50s films? Like, how many '50s films were there in the '70s and '80s? Tons. It's like, a, maybe they did at the time, or maybe we just weren't, like, in the internet culture. I feel like we were just less jaded as a people back then. <laughs> probably. So, I mean, I think um, the filmmakers today are probably influenced by things they saw in their childhood. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they're just going to, you know, be drawn to make that kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Which, that that part doesn't bother me. No. And they don't hit it... They Look, they hit it home pretty heavy, but it's more of, like, a stylized choice. It's not something where... Like, okay, you mentioned Mad Men, right? And it, Mad Men's a very great show, but sometimes there it's like, oh, it's like JFK got assassinated today. Or like, yeah. there's like Forrest Gumpian touch, touchstone right. moments. And that kind of will bother me sometimes. But this is more of like a microcosm of, or kind of like a, mic, a micro view of suburbia in the 80s. And that's what mm-hmm. I think works about this. It doesn't feel forced because I think it has to be set in a time where people kind of blindly trusted one another. That they're like, oh, he's a mm. cop. He can't be a killer. That's true. He's lived next door for 30 years. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. we know him. He's not the killer. Yeah. And, like, I don't think you couldn't... You could set it today, but I feel like that wouldn't ring as true. No, absolutely. 
Because we're too jaded of yeah. people. <laughs> well, no, everyone's going to kill you is essentially yeah. <laughs> what everyone's thought is now. But Yeah, like if a kid said that about their neighbor, the parents were probably like, oh my God, like, you're probably right. What'd you hear? <laughs> like, why do you think that? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Um, and this movie does like subtle hints of what you're talking about, Joey. Like uh, one of the lines, and I forgot to write it down, something something with, um, oh, like, oh, you can catch AIDS by doing that and stuff. It's the only way oh, you're yeah. going to catch AIDS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. But it's a... Uh, yeah, there's like subtle. You can catch AIDS by like going through the garbage, is what yes. it is. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's, <laughs> and that's the only said. way you'll be able to catch AIDS. <laughs> oh, you'll die a virgin, and that's the only way. You know, it's it's dumb kid stuff, but I also love it. But yeah, there's subtle hints of the loss of like American innocence yeah. in the suburbs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where like that suburban post World War II dream, like definitely started to rot out in the 70s, and and then we're seeing the death of it here, which is beautiful. <laughs> well, even, um, uh, I really liked, it was definitely a nod to, to the eighties was when, um, a family was getting divorced. Oh, there's and a lot that of broken was like, homes yeah. and divorces that was in like here. Yeah. That a big hush hush deal. That's why we and have that, blinds. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, oh man, that's a sign of the times too. Okay. So I have some questions about that, but I, I want to just touch on the characters because I have character questions because mm-hmm. you guys probably have a better memory with this than I do. Um, Davey. Is a star. He's played by Graham. He's playing. He's played by a clone of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? <laughs> <laughs> like he's played by like a fourteen-year-old Joseph Gordon-Levitt. His little brother Graham Verishier. Verishier. Yeah, Verishier. Verishier. Because yeah. they're like French. Remember? Well, not French. I'm sorry. Canadian. French Canadian. Yeah. French Canadian. Judah yeah. Lewis plays Tommy Eats Eaton. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one that was. That um, was the punk kid. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then there's Caleb Emery plays Woody, who was the Woody. Kid. Yeah. He is my favorite. <laughs> of course. Corey Gruder Andrew is Curtis, who is like the really nerdy one. The Fair Faraday. Yeah. yeah. They also called him Faraday. Yeah, Curtis uh-huh. Faraday. Yeah. And uh, oh, I should mention Tierra Scobvi is Nikki Kazuba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's on Riverdale apparently. Yeah, and I looked her up, but oh. apparently she's not too featured. On gotcha, Riverdale. okay. She's not like a main character. Oh. And Rich Summer, you mentioned. I recognized him yep. also from Devil Wears Prada. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, where is he from? Oh, Devil Wears Prada. Something else, too. But, I mean, he's a, such a familiar face. He really is. But he was one of those guys for me that were like, oh, it's you! <laughs> I know you! Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but I'm... I mean, he he's is. in Mad Men, which is why I mentioned he's Harry in Mad Men. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's in also Allison Brie's husband in Glow. Yes, he's in Glow. Oh. He's also the voice of, and this is something that I just found. Oh, he's also in Wet Hot, the new, the new, the new series. One. Yeah, but he also was the voice in this video game. We're trying to find it. Um, Firewatch, which was super, super cool. We're just like you're just exploring a, a national park, kind of, and stuff happens. And he's you're like talking to a guy on the walkie-talkie, and he's the voice. Like, he just got, like a, he's got a great voice. He does yeah, have a great voice. But I feel like a dick now. I think he's def- I think he's in the the office too for a couple episodes. I'm trying to dig. I'm That's to probably it. where I've because I know his face and I know I've seen. I I don't know if he's this guy, he's but I'm, I've, I've watched a lot of the. He was on two episodes of, of the Office. Yeah, okay. he's Pam goes to Pratt in Brooklyn. Yes, season five. Yes, and he's, he's a like, friend. Yeah, he's friend a buddy. Who ends up yes, like telling her to move. That's, That's one of his That's very first things. Thing. Look at that. Hmm. Yeah, so very familiar face and. Jason Gray Stanford plays the dad. Mm-hmm. Shauna Johansson plays the mom. So pretty. And J. Alex Brinson plays Officer Cole. Mm-hmm. There's not too many other speaking parts. There's like the brother and stuff. Right. Okay, so just quick family dynamics here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Davy seems to be in the most stable family. Yeah. There, Absolutely. You know? His dad's a reporter. Uh-huh. 
And I think his mom. Does she? Do we ever find out what she does? Actually, I don't. I, I don't think, think they say early on, but I also don't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She did have it's shoulder not. pads. She she's, does a, look she's, a, she's a businesswoman. Oh. She is a businesswoman. Like she's on the football team. I didn't remember that. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, Brian. Um, yeah. So, so Eats is he? His parents are having trouble. Yep. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's. I mean, maybe that's what makes him punk. I don't know. Yeah, man. He's got a lot of, you know, got a lot of heat on him, man. What, what I liked about him though is that. I think in a lot of other, not necessarily horror movies, but in a lot of high school movies, he could be like the villain or the bully. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's, there's really very few worlds in which he, at least in what movies tell us, that he would be friends with these kids. Yeah. But he is. And he doesn't feel like he's above them or resents them. Like, they're just like buds. Like, they're, it feels like they're from different tracks. Like, he's, you know, maybe in a couple, maybe as high school goes on, he'll like start smoking cigarettes and hang out the different crowd or whatever. But like, right, right. here, maybe in the summer or whatever, he's with these guys who like, from the outside, don't look like like he and Faraday don't look like they'd be buds. You know what I mean? No. Like, well, I will. I will definitely say that when I was living in the suburbs, the suburbs um, during the summer, you had your suburb friends, mm. your friends that you all lived in the same neighborhood with. When you went to school, you kind of went off to your different yeah, cliques, or you did your different like school activities. So that's probably I'm thinking is what. Yeah, like. they seem like the the OG friend group. Yeah, the like they grew up group. in the same neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they have that sweet ass treehouse. That is a cool so treehouse. Is, is that the first treehouse in the podcast? Yeah, look at that. Because generally, it's like so a cool. pre-high school thing. Mm-hmm. But these guys are fifteen; they're kind of in the younger. Well, they're talking age. about they, the dad wants to tear yeah. it down. You know, like it's the end of that. It's the yeah. end of the innocence. Where are they going to put their sweet porn mags? <laughs> Damn. God. Um, Love it. Woody. So, what's the deal there? I was kind of confused. So he, I think his mom is divorced, right? Or yes, because she's just and like devastated about it. So he's now the man in her life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Drinking a little bit, but it looks it looked like she was a nurse or something as well. Like she had the like nurse. Oh yeah, because she she thing. has a thirty six hour shift, and that's why he's able to take mm-hmm. the car. Because yes. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's, she's got a rough life. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I I know obviously his mother was very very important to him. Yeah. yeah. And I d- did love those scenes, but I just wanted to see if I didn't miss anything that like she was just really sick or something or no, no. I think because we never see his dad yeah. and you know he gets invited over by Davy to watch Close Encounters starting at 12.30 like guys it's a long movie like let's you know <laughs> I understand it's summer but and he doesn't show up which is why you know Nikki's able to come over or whatever but you know he's there to take care of his mom because she's going through a rough thing like that's not his responsibility but he feels like it is or whatever so right right yeah and I don't think I know Curtis probably has a, uh, Fair- Faraday? Faraday, yeah. Has a... We don't ever really see his family, No, do we? but like... Except um, at the Cape, uh, Cape May Fest- yeah, Festival. Yeah, they go to the festival seconds. together. They, uh, like so um, much fun. Eats, Eats wants to hang out with him. You know, yeah. Best buds. Like, like <laughs> so I think like that's pretty stable. But So mm-hmm. they come from like different, a little bit different. Uh, there's like two divorced families, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. And two not divorced families, at least, at least yet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just wanted to clear that up. Mm-hmm. So, um, any favorite moments in the film, or any anything? Uh... Well, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I see, just kidding. See your your I mean, collection of notes there. I just I obviously I'm I'm gonna go against my type here and say that I loved all the serial killer stuff. Okay, so <laughs> that was something I was gonna ask you. Uh-huh. Was that part intriguing to you? Believable? It's not a real serial killer, so... Right. I it, mean, Kate I... Kate May Slayer. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really loved the one part where uh, Davy was already grounded, you know, for mm-hmm. accusing this man. And the officer goes over, 
and says, you know, like, I'll, I'll make that phone call if you want. Like, yeah, I will do that. Yeah. And he calls his own house because Davey goes and, you know, yeah. asks the operator to read back the number. I really loved that part. Because in my head, I was thinking, he called his own house. Uh, watch, watch, And what's watch. also really cool is that on the little whiteboard, you can see mm-hmm. Mackie's name. And I'm, like, I'm looking at that as the operator. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a detective in the scene, too. Like, yeah, like that's like the nail in the coffin. I that's mean, you cool. know, yeah. yeah. Now, and you, you hit a good point, both of you, like, where in terms of it, you feel in this film like you're solving the mystery along with them. It's, which For is sure. super awesome. Um, so serial killer questions here. <laughs> Does this, like, profile, does the Kate May killer profile, like, an actual serial killer? Um, I mean, if, in terms of, like, in terms of know, other serial killers? To you? I'm, they're, I'm, maybe I'm criticizing Oh, you mean probability. So yeah, there are plenty so. of horror film villains where you're like, okay, that's so unlikely. No one's ever done that. Oh, you know? no. It was 100% likely. I mean... All the things about this guy definitely taken from other serial killers, you know, other dudes, and all put into one. You know, like the the whole kidnapping and then having his dungeon be his own, like, fashioned after his oh, own childhood bedroom. Oh, that's the bedroom. creepiest whole thing, like oh his God. recreation I of his childhood love bedroom. I love that. Uh, yeah. And then having one of the dead bodies still hanging out in yep. the bathtub decomposing with the new one that he had, like... Yeah, Ooh. so there was... Ooh. He's also got the rough. storage locker with the, the Volkswagen Beetle, which apparently, according to the internet, is what Ted Bundy owned. Yes. Oh. But he's yeah, got like, like, his little secret stashes, hideaways. But mm-hmm. also, like he also fits the stereotype of a, killer, of a killer, like late 30s, early 40s, white male living alone, like yeah. all that sort of... There's a reason, kind of, that he's... Well, also being on like the police force, so you know yep. what's going on with your own case... Scary. Oh, something I read online that I thought was interesting yes. was that he mentions mm-hmm. that he has other like radios in the house. Oh, yeah. yes. CBs. And then he says, oh, you know, they can pick up everything. Which is, he might be listening to them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, I was like, that's really cool. I mean, scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David. Hey. Gotta say, you scared the hell out of me last night. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were, um, sorry about that. Just, we were just playing Manhunt. I didn't expect you there. No, I get it. A lot of good hiding spots for Manhunt. Yeah, uh, your yard's full of them. Guess you didn't see me coming either, though. (laughs) (laughs) So what's up? Wait. Let me guess. How are you, money? Uh, yeah. I'm ready for you this time. Come on back. those things for manhunt are you if you want real walkies i got a couple that are retired from the forest they're inside they're just gathering dust i mean you can come in and take a look at them if you want they pick up everything i i can't right now gotta get back to my route all right thanks for the offer yeah well it's actually really really cool and I, i there's no reason to know it the first time but in the first scene where he goes inside to get the newspaper money, right, from Mackie, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you got a big family. He's looking at all the, the pictures on the walls. He's like, yeah, I guess I'd kind of do. Those are all the kids he's killed. Like, in the first scene, they're saying, 
like he's considering his family because he even talks about like the the ginger dusty or whatever he's like, yeah who? who oh the ginger right the ginger kid uh he says that's his nephew so i feel like that's like always his excuse like oh it's my out of town like they are part of his family mm-hmm. he even says like oh they're part of my family or whatever Oof. but then at the, at the end to see his family photo which i guess he probably took when he came in the house to make the phone call right like he probably took the photo from there yeah i'm guessing when he abducts wall. them right like he i'm takes guessing them. yeah because that was the thing too is that obviously this guy had um opportunity for finding some kids that weren't necessarily from the kids' houses. So yeah. I was wondering how he could have all these pictures. Maybe after, though, once he's, like, he kidnaps them and kidnaps a photo. Maybe. Right. That makes sense. Momentous. That would be like his secondary. Like That's like almost like a calling card. Like, well, that's the, the trophy, right? The, yeah, the serial yeah, killer. trophies. Oof. It, it, yeah, that, that's a jarring scene when he looks at all the photos. And he's it's like, crazy. Oof, yeah. So good. You know what the creepy, aside from, maybe aside from the dungeon bedroom the creepiest mm-hmm. shot i think in the movie is when the attic opens yes when he comes out of the attic because he like they can't find him and he's been in you know davy's attic for i guess the whole day or whatever yeah and the attic opens in the middle of the night and then like it just cuts from behind and just I mean, we're talking shots now you know brian we're yeah. sorry <laughs> sorry to talk shots and shots in the podcast i mean it's a good one though but then it just like goes onto the carpet and just he comes down and he enters the bedroom in full police outfit like yeah. Yeah. So good cuz you can tell like he came right from that festival. Yep. Yeah, and 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 you mentioned it before like how it's like oh, you know, it, it has like that, well, I mentioned it, it like goes black for a little bit. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And then you just see the alarm clock. Yeah. Oof. I know. It's it's yeah, the, it, honestly, this is like a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um couple other points that I wanted to touch on. We kind of alluded to this before. What is your overall perception on... Uh, this was another criticism on the... What's what's the neighbor's name again? Nikki. Nikki, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you were mentioning it before, but a lot of people say, like, oh, she's kind of a little bit hollow and not really, you know, uh, fleshed out. But Alex, you mentioned that you really liked her. I mean, I, I liked the idea of this character, but, yeah, it was just... I don't think it was fully... I don't feel like it was fully developed. No. I think she was just there as, like, no offense to her, I, sw- I swear to God, but, like, kind of as eye candy or something for the boys to all yeah. coerce, like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what would you say, collectively, mm. like, oogle at. Yeah. Um, to save and their then spank to have banks, that, like... The proverbial spank banks that they talk about so much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and which is disgusting. And uh, <laughs> we'll just say out loud. You say it in your head. Um, I mean, I, really, I think the redeeming part of her character was when like for some reason she was always showing up which I thought like oh my gosh are you like helping out with Ooh, find yeah. these Ooh. little <laughs> with these kids being all hot she's the she? honeypot right you guys still think I'm crazy Your Calvin's. Shut up. Okay. You can still be in the house. Hey, Woody. Try the kitchen light. Oh, you guys scared the crap. 
up out of me. We scared you? I really had a heart attack. What are you doing here? With the lights off. I blew a fuse vacuuming up this mess, stupid cats. Why aren't you cleaning up after their cats? They rented an RV and went up to the lake house for the summer. They pay me to make sure their cats don't die. It's easy money, usually. You want to explain to me what the hell you guys are doing here? Um, well, Sammy was missing, so we thought maybe the Hoffmans were dead. <laughs> and let me guess, you thought it was Mr. Mackey? Seriously? Wait, well, you're really talking to her? Okay, what's going on here? You guys hooking up? Let's just say he's more of a man than you, jerk-offs. But because she would always show up at places, I don't know if you know that, like, well, caught that. But she did help them out, Woody and Davy, when they were going into the basement. Yeah. So she did have that redeeming, that characters. But she also, like, could have led them down there and then, like, chained them up down there. You exactly. Know what I mean? It could have been, like, the whole, yeah. I didn't think about that, but I like that. That's true, yeah. But she is just kind of the stereotypical cool girl. Like, she's yeah. a DJ at the bowling alley. Yeah. And she's, like, the babysitter. Those and side she's... ponytails. I was like, put them away, guys. We know. It's like the she, 80s, we get it. Like, she is literally, the, she's the girl next door. You know what I mean? Like, she's the one that you don't really know, but you're in love with and you have binoculars and spy upon, you know. I was a little, so I was a little confused by her character. I like the fact that, again, her, her <clears throat> another character here, her parents are going through a divorce, right? right? And uh, I like that she talks about that. She's not just like the pretty girl who's coming over. Like, I, I think you mentioned it before. There is some explanation that she just, you know. I think ultimately she just doesn't have to be in the movie. Like, there's no, yeah. she doesn't have anything but, to yeah. do. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it feels a little unnecessary. Like, they tried to flesh her out, but it wasn't, enough where there's any kind of role and also she's she's played by a 22 year old actress so um but she's she, she could pass she looks young enough 18 but 19 how if they're 15 and she's just 18-ish? going to college yeah. yeah is that like enough of and i'm honestly asking is that enough of a spread to be like a baby a long time oh yeah because kid? i feel like you know if if davy's an only child right and he's 11 and at the time when he's when he's eleven, she was babysitting. Like that's when he last, I guess, had her over. Mm. If your neighbor is a high schooler, and you don't trust your kid to be alone, 12, 13, 14. just throw your neighbor a couple bucks and just be like, "Hey, just hang out." You know what I mean? Like, true. Yeah, that's probably like the smallest stretch you can get there sure. between babysitter and well, that I'd be comfortable with. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's mm-hmm. people who you know, yeah, use cousins to babysit that are the same age. Or I don't know. Kind I'm not going to s- criticize people's child's care. <laughs> kind of speaking about this though do you think do you guys kind of feel like it was like an inception of 80s movies having the hot cool girl and then this movie being a nod hmm. to 80s genre or was this just more so of like this is just the time and space that we're in like i don't know do you do you know what i mean like i think i think you could be onto something there i, I don't know if i'm really flushing it out no as, but it, it's like well there are a lot of obvious 80s things in here yep right and maybe she's just one of them that's i mean it's possible like she doesn't hurt the film no it's just again that's just something that people had criticized about it i mean i just think that like again not to spoil the babysitter but the babysitter it's the same thing where it's this older girl who the kid is in love with but there's a reason like she's central to the plot like there's a twist that happens you know at the end of the first act or whatever or like there's a movie have you seen better watch out the christmas movie Mm-mm. It's basically Home Alone, kind of grown up. Uh, really, it's great. 
Uh, I saw that at Fantastic Fest a couple years ago and came out, I think, last year. And there's a babysitter there that the kid, sort of main kid, is, again, sort of on the cusp of, like, he's probably 14, 15, she's, like, 18, 19. Like, it's not a huge gap. But, again, it's, like, the hot, the hot babysitter that he has a crush on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just sort of a stereotype of not even just 80s movies, but just, like, movies and kind of life. That, yeah, now that you mention it, that is true. But the, um, the disappointing thing, like, I understand, like, that's fine if you want to have that in your movie, but just give her a reason to be in the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if she's going to be a part of the gang, let her do something. Like, she just is... Like, she's what never, does she have to bring? Exactly. She's there as support and never, you know... For, the, for that matter, for that fact, like, there's maybe too many in the gang, too. Like, we know Davy and we know Woody. Their kids are kind of just, like, they're there so that they can be spies across town. You know what I mean? Like, they don't... Like, right. They're not necessarily vital, either. So I think um, if you're criticizing her, that's fair. you can criticize a whole bunch of it. But I also don't mind it as much. Right. Maybe we're just trivializing, yeah, trivializing it. I know I definitely am. <laughs> so a movie that came out, I think, last year, that's a remake, It, yeah, um, uh-huh. had a bunch of kids, obviously. Uh-huh. Like, so they, were, they might have been younger. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they were in high school or whatever. But like the girl in there definitely feels more a part of the gang yeah. than mm-hmm. this one. So I th- you can do it right, like, if you want to have that girl, ca- the cool girl character. Right. Just, yeah, no, I, I think you're right that she was unnecessary. So, Joey, um, you'll know this film, but this movie was um, fa- favorably or unfavorably a lot of places compared to um, one of his movies, Disturbia. Oh, yes, all his movies. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Oh. I have not seen Disturbia in a very, like, since high school uh-huh yeah mike and i watched a couple years ago okay like is it it's good what's similar about it binoculars <laughs> so <laughs> it's yeah so yes disturbia is uh basically a remake of rear window where in rear window guy's broken leg and he's watching out and he sees what he thinks is, is a murder film? yeah okay. mm-hmm. great and he sees Mr. what he thinks is a murder across the street and so he has to basically i think he sends his girlfriend i've only seen that once in a while ago but either because he has a broken leg so he can't do anything about it so i think his girlfriend or his wife or whatever he tries to like get her to do it. like there's you know he's sort of helpless as all the stuff is unfolding disturbia is shia gets busted for something doing something dumb mm-hmm. he gets placed on house arrest mm. and he finds out he thinks his next door neighbor is a killer and has to kind of prove it but he's not able to leave his house mm-hmm. so it's the same i mean you know the binoculars and that too like he's sort of spying and whatever so i think it's just the a use of binoculars but b you being able to look at your neighbor and being like, there's something going on there, okay. but for one reason or another, I'm not able to investigate, either because I'm a 14-year-old kid and that's a cop, or I'm on house arrest, or I have a broken leg, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of... Gotcha. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, go check out all his movies. <laughs> when did you end? What, when did, what was the last Shia movie that was in the All His Movies thing? We went up through Man Down, which was his new movie. We didn't do American Honey, which is my favorite Shia movie. My second favorite Shia movie is a, a movie called Monkey Business, which is 90 minutes long, and Mike and I talked about it for two hours. Monkey, <laughs> Business, Monkey Business is a kid's movie that is bananas incredible. Uh, but we did, yeah, because it was the year anniversary of when he did his thing in New York, where we watched yeah. all of his movies in a row over like 36 hours or whatever, three days, I guess. And so Mike and I watched all of them and released them one a day for a month. And so we started with, what was the first one we did? Maybe it was Fury, because Fury's great also, the World War II movie. And then, because he had started with Man Down, but by the time we had started it, Man Down wasn't out. But then by the time it was uh, done, it was in theaters. So I saw it in theaters, the only person in the theater, because nobody knew what it was. <laughs> Mike and I talked about it, so we had sort of had like a, a wrap-up there, but yeah. Will you uh, do in all his movies, too? 
If he does it again, we'll do it again. Only if he does it again. Mm. There needs to be a reason for the season. <laughs> There's no reason for the other actor seasons. I know. Well, well, yeah, no. That would make sense. Shy is great, though. I mean, Shy gets. I think. I think Shy gets a lot of shit, and also now he's, you know, he's going through some stuff. But like, Shia's recent movies, the last like five or six years, like the stuff that you maybe haven't heard of, like Charlie Countryman and The Company You Keep and no. Fury mm-hmm. and Nymphomaniac, and like, there's not bad movies. Like he's. Oh, I love Nymphomaniac. Yeah. It says a lot about you. Does it? Well, mm, it still made me extremely uncomfortable. But well, I was very, like, how well written movie. is this movie that I need to go take a shower? I don't want to look yeah. at my body, though. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Um, oh, that's crazy. The, one of the other things I wanted to touch on here mm-hmm. is the whole um, game of Manhunt. Yep. That, yeah. It seems like a whole badass neighborhood-like game of Manhunt. That's awesome. I loved that idea so much. Did you guys play Manhunt? as children and did you ever play at this level i mean play tag (laughs) but my parents were the kind of parents where you know street lights came on you had to come inside so i wouldn't have gone to be able to go to that level yeah i don't think this happens today you know we played manhunt at my friend's house because he had a big yard and i remember one of our mutual friends, I think, I don't know if he ever wound up because I sort of lost touch him, but he wanted to be in the army. So he was like very, <laughs> very like, oh. re- like serious about things. Like I remember he hid under a tree and just like, or maybe it wasn't Manhunt, no, it was Capture the Flag, but sort of like, you know, Manhunt D in that way. But I remember him being like, he like stayed in one spot for like an hour, just like laying there. I'm like, dude, it's a game. Like, let's. <laughs> no, he's practicing, dude. I know, I get it. He's training. I wonder what he became. I bet you he's like some like hippie right now, just like very anti-war. I don't know. Let me see if I can find him on Facebook while we talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Um, well, Joey looks for this guy on Facebook. Alex, you have a lot of notes there. I do. Bring it up. Let's go. Let's well, no, it. I was just I was just writing down, you know, some of my favorite scenes. Um, he you studied know. political science. I'm sorry. He's, he did not go to the military. He. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that Ooh. wrong. Oh, he is kind of like a hippie. Like he is, you know, he <laughs> loves the outdoors and called it climbing and we'll just be taking a breather <laughs> no guy hates war he loves cold outdoors too wow he, he loves, a, he's an outdoors person spreading out his arms too he, i guess he realized you don't have to carry a gun to sit oh. under a tree yeah, this guy did not go to war i can tell you that. <laughs> no 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 he's, he's very fine he's good <laughs> Damn, that's a killer mustache too look at that oh my goodness november coming up right good looking feller favorite scenes alex yeah well they were all the um really spooky murdery ones uh i loved seeing the parents being um gotcha you know after oh, them yeah, finding yeah. out everything and oh then that going, gave me like, so much satisfaction oh really so did. much yeah i think i wrote down <laughs> oh yeah i wrote down my notes take that mom and dad <laughs> like, i was very this, excited this actually about brings that. up a good point and it made me think of you while watching it mm-hmm. um and just true crimers Overall, oh, for yeah. those of you who don't know and didn't listen to my friend Dahmer, just what's um, wrong with you? Alex is a true crime aficionado. I think that's fair to say. Sure. You enjoy the genre, but you don't want to be considered crazy. Yeah, I'm just putting that. Up. Yes, yes, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. No. No, but uh, isn't it funny that there is a certain satisfaction with him being right? Absolutely. But like, wouldn't it be better if he was wrong? Well, in hindsight, sure, because honestly, you should, you know, you should find evidence first and then that will lead you to the killer. You shouldn't have somebody in mind and then try to find evidence to get somebody. That's kind of rule number one, (laughs) essentially, but it is satisfying for a hunch 
to be oh, like true. Yeah, like I said, I true. was so happy when it happened. So it's, happy, and then just seeing the parents' faces, <laughs> I would have been like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> like I told you, I get ice cream. But it's one of those weird things with conspiracy theories. Not that not that this is a conspiracy theory, but the mm-hmm. movie implies like he's into conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, yeah, from the magazine. But it looked yeah. like um, more like UFO stuff, not necessarily killer stuff. No, or was no, I? It was a did I miss like something? J stuff, but like that boy, like <laughs> that boy was not. But isn't that weird that, like, certain people who are into... Con- no, I'm not saying you. Obviously not, because mm-hmm. we're moving away from the true crime to the conspiracy theory thing here. Okay. You're not crazy. No. Um, hope not. <laughs> but people who are really, really into conspiracy theories mm-hmm. seem to want them to be true, even though their truth means something that's really, really, really bad. That, yeah. like, if they were wrong, it would actually be a good thing. Right. You know? And I think, like... That's where maybe his parents are a little bit skeptical, or even his friends, because yeah. on paper, it looks like he's just trying to validate his crazy theories. Yeah. It's interesting, but I don't care. I was so, so <laughs> super, super, super happy. Well, it's because you're on this journey with Davey, yeah, and you're true. being shown Davey's interpretation of everything, and, and so then obviously you're going to go along with it, you know, because that's you essentially in that movie that's your character that's your point of view yeah because it's you know main character you're supposed to be empathetic towards him did you feel the movie was disjointed at all that was another criticism in what way i don't know that's why i'm asking you want to know my theory i think people are saying that because this is a very very rare maybe you could speak more on this joey or it'll be on your cinemakers this is a very very rare film that has three directors yeah and i think people see that and they're like, oh, it's disjointed. You can't have three directors because it's so against the system. But I didn't feel like it was that at all. It seemed very cohesive. No, there was definitely a through line. You know, I don't, I don't. Think yeah, it's a valid criticism. You said this is um, like they're French Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it seems weird. they're like a collective or something. They call themselves the RKSS Collective. I don't remember what it stands for. They were like when I saw Turbo Kid at South by Southwest, they were there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and the they were super super into it. Like I think they're just like friends. Like and they're they. There was a joke when Turbo Kid happened, and I don't think it's true of this movie. I think they had, because they had the success of that, or the relative success of that, afford them better financing. But they have, like, there's, like, 20 or 21 production studios involved with Turbo Kid. Like, they're just, like, and when they're in the crowd, as, like, they're all, like, representatives, they're all counting them, like, one, two, like, every time, like, new logo comes on screen. So, like, they wow. know that they're just sort of, like, scrappy indie But I think they're, I think the reason that it works is because they all sort of have the same vision. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not... You know, I, I'm sure that they're more in in line than a lot of single directors. You know, what I mean, like people who cannot make up just because like you're one person with a movie. If you don't have a vision, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, and that's what something I was gonna say. I I kind of like their innovative approach to filmmaking here. Yeah. I, I think it actually did lead to a cohesive thing. Most films obviously have one director, but their studio films with how many voices in their ear? Right. You know, yeah. this is like this is actually probably less voices in uh, their ear. So when you brought up those things, it made me think of like, this is actually, this movie makes a lot of sense. There's not like, oh, how did this happen? Or even the horror films that I have seen, even Halloween, there's like, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. How is that possible? It's like, did I miss something? (laughs) This doesn't really have that, which is, which is super nice. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I, super dug it but honestly if i didn't know there were so many people directing it i i wouldn't have seen it yeah yeah 
they probably specialize too. I mean, I don't know. It could be like I don't think they're like, oh, you take a turn there. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Right. You know, like so I'm you can take over real quick. I'll be like five minutes. <laughs> Just like watch the kids. Watch the kids. Um, any other cool scenes or moments? I love Woody. Woody is my favorite character. Is Woody your spirit animal? He is. He is. He's my everything. What's your food? (laughs) (laughs) Cheeseburgers. But I absolutely loved when Davy was trying to distract Wayne, but Wayne still caught up to Woody and slit his goddamn throat in front of us. Yeah, that was one of my notes here. Yeah. Like a fucking hog. Yeah. But it was, you know, because there's always that one, like, Oh man, here's the funny character, and oh, something bad happened to him. But this was something that was really bad, and you did not see coming. I did not see it coming at all. That was. Um, I did not I see thought, it coming. So I, I knew somebody had to get killed. Like, I knew they could not get away with this film unless somebody died. I thought the kid in the basement that they found was maybe going to die anyway. Like, they got to him and he'd be dead. And when he wasn't dead, I was like, one of these two kids is going to die. But I wasn't too sure, and I'm like, I don't know how that's going to happen. But what really, really, like, tugged at my heartstrings was when he's like, my mom needs me. Yeah. And then he gets his throat slit. I know. Oh, that mom, dude. I was out loud like, no! You know? Yeah. She's going through so much. Imagine her hearing that news. I know. Ugh. I know. Ugh. You know, I, I actually thought um, for a split second that Nikki was going to be the one that died because I still had no idea what her actual role was in the movie. So I was like, oh, she's going to be the one to die. I could see that, actually. And that's what her parents would then be brought back together. Mm. It was horrible tragedy. That's what I was thinking. Like, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting take because that, that would have made sense, like, I'm never going to love it. again, says Davey. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that scene was really intense. And then the one that you were talking about uh, of him, like, going up to his ear and saying, I'm not even going to kill you yeah, today. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That, I yeah. could watch that whole, like, from, like, the black to the alarm clock and him coming out. Oh, yeah. To the end, like, over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And never get tired of, yeah. of that part. Because there is um, an increasing seriousness, but the seriousness is, like, in bold letters, serious. Yeah. You know, where this film uh, starts off kind of, like, not necessarily cheesy, but, like, this is where we are. Look at the side ponytails. Yeah. So much synthesizer. And then it's Synth like, jerk off death, jokes. death, death. Yeah. Yep. It's, oh, man. Yeah, so I really liked it because of the turn that it took. I want to talk about uh, that scene, I guess. Like, I was so taken back mm-hmm. by the fact that, like, he wants them, he wants to do, like, a manhunt. He doesn't just kill them, you know? Yeah. Because he could have just literally killed them. Mm-hmm. He must be strong, too, now that I think about it. They, like, get Woody in that car. Woody's a big boy. But he's caught off guard. Fair. So he gets and he's some... fried. Like, and he also fried. got ethered. True. Oh. Still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when they wake up in the back of the car, it's, like, <sighs> confusing. And then the door opens like that. And I'm like, oh, my Dumb. God. And then it's like, oh, shit. When they stumble game. upon the gravesite. Yeah. yeah. Some... So when oh. they go down there. Oh, my God. Oh. Decompose. Can you imagine the smell and the slush? Probably smells bad to begin with, and then just yeah. I guess a good place to of that it. Noah that they saw. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Woody Ugh. can't read. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> Ugh, Woody. Ugh. 
I know. It's not a criticism of mine, but I think that's what we go back to before, that at the end it's Davy and Woody, and the two other friends and Nikki aren't mm. there. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like the three of them could have been excluded altogether, and you could have just had two friends, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't have to be... Like, I'm not sure yeah. why it, the cast was as big as it was. Like, I don't know if that was a decision or if that was somebody, some, like uh, a producer suggestion or something, but I feel like the core of it are these two friends investigating the cop. And the characteristics of some of them, of the other two friends, like that that if the writers and the directors really felt that they were that important, could have been totally absorbed by the two other yeah. kids. Yeah, right. They're just the archetypes that needed to be But done. I think it's what you were saying before, Alex. I think they're kind of trying to, they want to show more like 80s-ish stereotype yeah. kids. Even from like, the, what's his name, the punk kid? I keep forgetting his name. Eats. Eats. Even when Eats is like arguing with his brother. And he like rolls, kind of talking about a shot here, but he kind of rolls off like this and you see like the Bush Reagan 84 sign. Yeah. What was up with that? Was that just like (laughs) conservatives, right? Well, I think it's, I think it's, well, I I think think it's that, but I think it's also a way to set us in a time. Yeah. But but, we know it's the 80s. I think there's also like a joke of that, what you're saying, like in terms of like, oh, he's this punk kid, but his parents are like conservatives who. But they yell all the time and fight. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was definitely like a dig that way right sure i mean what do you guys think i mean i know you guys like that the the killer gets away or whatever but what do you guys think yeah. of the fact of like the reason why like the whole basically he says oh, I, I love it live your life in fear as you mentioned there i mean i know that that's a criticism i think by some people online that like why didn't he just kill him but at the same time it's so creepy it's so cool like that doesn't happen in move in horror movies really like either mm. You know, usually the final girl, or in this case, I guess the final Davy, would kill the. <laughs> it was to find a way to kill the killer, and then you know, in a movie like Friday, Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween or whatever, you know, they come back from the dead or whatever. You know, like I shot him six times, but Michael Myers is still alive. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's way to sort of continue. But this, not that there will ever be like a summer of '85 or whatever, but it, it leaves open Ooh. that possibility. Or like summer of '98. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. See. Don't take that from me. <laughs> Where the adult is played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's kind of like an it thing, right? Yeah, 40 years later or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, this sort of feels like a part one, but I don't think it's going to happen. Though uh, That Turbo Kid, I hear they want to make a sequel of that. Yeah, by the I way, think. Who knows? We'll see. Mm. I got to see the first one. Yeah, um, Yeah. just the, the fact that the killer... He's right. That kid is going to live in fear the rest of his freaking life until he's caught. I mean, you see it when Davey's, like, oh. in a corner, rocking back and forth. Like, I I like the ending in terms of my imagination goes to, like, oh, man, how's this guy going to grow up? What is oh he going to look God. like, like yeah. be like as an adult? The PTSD. Oh, the, just... the crippling PTSD. He would get PTSD anyway if, yeah. like that one cop that they were kind of friends with showed up and then shot the killer in the back ten times and, like, saved him in the end. Right. Which, whatever. But, like, he still would have been like, holy shit, I can't believe I I went through that. I need counseling, right. Now it's going to be like, he lives in fear. I can't believe his parents even let him, like, have that paper route. I would not let my kid have that paper route. first of all. Yes. I would just... Witness protection program is what I would do. Something along those lines. Or maybe it's the same mentality of, like, you can't let the terrorists win, like, if they keep going on... (laughs) Go on with your life, and you know, no way. you can't live in fear. I mean, you know, not when someone has been this successful killing if, if so it, many people. If it's an you army, know? it's a different story. If it's one guy, I move to some place and like let him try to find me. Like, don't don't be mm-hmm. in the same exact place because that kid gets murdered. Everyone's gonna be like, they didn't move. 
they let him have a paper route? Fucking idiot. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind it. I mean, uh, well, we don't know if it happens, you know? Like, it, it could down the road. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, when he's on the bike, I'm putting my foot out for a reason. Because Achilles gets sliced, which is yeah. another... Like, oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot like, oh. about that. I haven't seen that since Hostel, I don't think. Oof. But, like, you so know what? Just kill me. Like, honestly. Yeah, after that, I'm like, that stings. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like when you could see him riding the bike that he's, like, struggling a little. And that might just be, like, mental or something. Right. But, uh, oof. Like, that's, a, that's an injury you don't come back from, too. So, like, every time you feel that, you think... You're reminded. Oh, just... I'm making a lot of like sounds today, but that's faces and sounds. <laughs> you can't see my face. It's a whole new experience recording this in person with you, Brian. <laughs> We've never done it in person. Yeah, we have. We did one the other day. I guess I was. It wasn't no, for your show. High slumber party. Yeah, I guess I'm more show. animated here. Are you talking about a clip show that we recorded? Clip show or, or Mandy? We did in person. The revisited Mandy. Yeah, re- revisited. That was. Have you seen Mandy yet? No. Is that? I heard it was pretty awesome. Yeah. If you like blood. And I do. And, yeah, no, it's cool. Trippy visuals. Yeah, and trippy visuals, for sure. 80s aesthetic again. Yeah. yeah. No, Meta- really, Metal actually. aesthetic. That's a... Not that these movies are completely the same, but they're definitely... I feel like people who enjoy Mandy would like this. Not... Unless you're just all about the gore, because this isn't, like, too gory, believe it or not. But it's a little gory. This movie or Mandy? This movie. No, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where are you going with this, Brian? Mandy <laughs> is, yeah, one of the... I, I'm not into the... Uh, German, there are definitely gorier movies then. Yeah, no, but I'm not into the German and French films that you watch because I don't know them enough. Mm. Wait, so is Mandy a, like a slasher? No, Mandy I is Nicholas Nicholas Cage's wife gets kidnapped nice. uh, by a cult and he has to get revenge. Essentially, not save her, but get revenge. Well, uh, I mean, she gets killed. Oh, and, yeah, oh. It's a poor choice of words, but I think that's sort of like it's just him against a cult, basically, is what what it's marked. But it's as. very, cool. it's very trippy. It's not like a grounded in reality Nicolas Cage film because that could be the plot of a grounded in reality Nicolas Cage film. Sure, one hundred percent, and it would probably suck. Like that. Seeing Justice, which I love, which Mike and I love, <laughs> but you know his wife January Jones gets attacked and he has to find vengeance. So yes, or, but or that's justice. a movie we've seen a million times. I feel like. But it's not. It's not. Not with Nicholas Cage. <laughs> it's great. All right. Any other uh, cool things you want to mention about Summer of '84? Oh, there is in the movie. Uh, there's a little toy figure of Turbo Kid. Oh, really? That you can see at one point. So that's cool. Oh, hey. And I mean, I think the the Close Encounters thing was a definite like, what up, Spielberg? Yep. Even on the like that scene on the bikes. Sure. Um, um, very like Amblin, you know, very, very E.T. Yeah, E.T. That was another thing that I, I kept kind of going like, what are you doing? Is when kids would just leave their bikes. Oh, yeah, that bothers me. That bothered me <laughs> so much because that shit's going to get jacked. Oh, the one thing that I thought was cool, and I'm sure you saw this if you looked at IMDb, is there is, do you know the game Polybius? I don't know how you pronounce it, P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S. It's this like fictional game that around 2000, People started talking about how, like, there was. They used to play this game that was like in like arcades and was supposed to supposedly like in one arcade in Portland, and it like had mind control capabilities that like it was a government secret, a government organization, whatever, and it was there for like a weekend and then it got taken away. But at the bowling alley, there's a one of the you know arcade games for Polybius. I've never heard of this. Oh yeah, wait, this a, is a real a, thing. That's a real. I mean, it didn't actually happen. It's like it's sort of like a, a fictional thing, but like there's like oh. this, you know. I think thing that people like reference a bunch 
But there's a whole Wikipedia article I was reading today wow. about Polybius on about like you know references to popular culture, what people thought it was. It's just like this whole. It was around for a weekend, man, and like the government, the you know. That's cool. Theory, that cool. I'm and so gonna in look the, that up. In the bowling alley here, there's one of those, but it says like out of order, so like it's just you know, like a wink and a nod, because this does this takes place in Oregon, you know what I mean? So, same, I guess you know, it's it's in, it's in that world, it's in that universe. Eighties oh, cool. Oregon is pretty hot, you know. So hot. <laughs> <laughs> Goonies too. Takes place in Oregon. Does uh, it really? Yeah. Oh. I'm like ninety percent sure it does. Did you guys bowl in high school as kids? Oh, I was going to ask, is, is this yeah. the first bowling high school slumber party movie? Yes, not the first bowling film I've done, because I've done one of your least favorite films of all time, The Big Lebowski on P.S. I Love Hoffman. Not my least favorite film, which just, you know, it, I don't like it. Controversially, you don't like it. Because in Grease 2, they go to a bowling alley. There's a song oh, in a bowling alley. I, mm. You've seen Grease 2. Twice now. I, well, it's appropriate. Cool rider. <laughs> I've never seen Grease 2. It's... It's uh, I yeah, couldn't I hadn't Pfeiffer. found anyone had seen She's it. so good in it. I know. She's good in everything. <laughs> I, I watched them back to back because for when you when you and Wistful Thinking both did Grease, I was like, let me just see because I was like, I was like, I love Grease too, and it turned out that I'd never seen Grease one from start to finish. So I watched Grease one. But I you watched, had seen Grease two. How does get made? Did it? So I watched it for oh, that. And okay, I was like, okay, I was like, okay, oh, this okay. is amazing. Okay. Because there's like three great great songs in Grease two, and there's like a whole crazy thing with like a guy on a bike. Anyway. <laughs> And I watched it back to back, and I was like, "Oh wait, no! Grease one is incredible. Grease two is bad, but I still enjoy it." <laughs> I still <laughs> like fair. it. I don't know. Cool Rider is great. Yeah. Uh, Do it for our country. The yes. And then the reproduction song, man. I love it. There's some real great stuff How in Grease two. Oh, bowling. Yeah, bowling. <laughs> there's, there's a bowling song. And it's not a great song. In, in it's Grease only really two, like but... two seconds though in this movie. Yeah, the well, that's where that's where you know yeah, no, Nikki there's no, there's DJ's no bowling subplot. Yeah, <laughs> and I I always like and this happened with uh, my friend Dahmer as well. I loved watching the extras and those cheerleaders that they kind of like pan uh, with. They like know the cameras there, and they're like, "We're getting like scream time, and <laughs> now this is our mark. We're gonna sit peas and carrots, peas and carrots." Like I love that. I did about notice extras. those cheerleaders. That's, that's funny. So this is, you know, I don't look at the goofs because I don't give a shit about goofs, but when I was looking on IMDb for the budget, mm-hmm. the number one goof of this movie is that those cheerleader outfits didn't come in style, and didn't, weren't invented or didn't come in style until 2000. Like, they're so, you know, anachronistic. Oh it doesn't God. belong. I'm like, I'm like who <laughs> has the time? No, who cares? Yeah. So you didn't come answer on. my bowling question. Bowling. Oh. High school. oh, yeah. I love bowling. Yeah. I feel like bowling's dying, right? Like, do you know anyone who bowls? So bowling is transforming, I think. Like in Austin, there was this really, really cool bowling alley called The Good Night, which was Mm -hmm. was bowling alley and karaoke and like just some games. But it was like free bowl and like you just pay for alcohol. You know what I mean? Like you could, I think maybe like at night you have to pay like 10 bucks for an hour or whatever. But like, I think it's transforming into this thing where it's like this social, hey, come bowl with us. And just because basically I feel like people just need an excuse to go do things like go out and just drink. You know, like, I that's do. what, like, that's what Top Golf is, that's what, you know, instead of just going to a bar, like, go do something, and then just drink and eat, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I think bowling is transitioning to that, like, I don't know if it's dying, I think it's just, well, like, golf becoming something else. For sure. I love bowling so much, I just never go out to do it, because I'd be alone in doing it. You could join a bowling league. Uh, I could see you rocking that, like, bowling. Uh, oh, I can, I'll do that, but I don't know if I want to be, like, that group, <laughs> social. <laughs> I'll do it with buddies, but I don't know if I want to have to commit. You know, I don't want <laughs> well, to commit. Well, save the bowling alleys, guys. If, if any charity you're going to donate to, go bowl. Go bowl. <laughs> save, save the bowling alleys. Where's there, where's there a 
I know there's Brooklyn Bowl, but is that one like super duper expensive? I only like I've never been to the Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn. I've been oh. to the Brooklyn Bowl in Las Vegas, and that should tell you that it's probably super expensive because there's one. In Las so Vegas. it's a chain. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a chain. Like there's one in freaking like. Well, if there's Sheboygan, one in Wisconsin. Well, if there's like, one in Las Vegas, I, I like just have cities, to yeah. assume. Yeah, like there's that other bowling Fridays. alley that's like a chain. Um, hmm? That There's another bowling alley that's a chain. You guys should come out to the suburbs. There's bowling alleys everywhere. Not everywhere. There's I'm, I'm within probably 20 <laughs> minutes of a bunch of them. Oh, that sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know. It's like something, Um, it's like not roller derby. Flashback mm. to uh, Whip It. Whip It. But <laughs> roller rinks are kind of dying oh yeah there was a there was a big roller rink in san marcus when i was in it's like elementary and junior high that's what we would all go do we mentioned it on the uh whip it episode but i think when we all were growing up like roller blades were cool hell yeah and roller skates were like super lame i broke my wrist on a roller skates <laughs> roller skates really? yeah well because i felt you know trying to ah, stop with the like yeah and i did yeah. yeah that was not good <laughs> I'm Speaking smart. of roller rinks, we talked about this on Boyfriend Material, that there was a story, I don't know if it's true or not, that Ryan Gosling wants to open like a La La Land themed roller <sighs> rink. Put it away. No. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. It. Lean Stop. into it. No. But I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not, but it's, you know, they, they're they're If he out works there. there, if he's like checking he, in on things. He wouldn't. <laughs> you know, well, there's also the bowling alley in Asbury Park. I think Asbury Lanes that just reopened this summer and Bruce Springsteen was there for the kickoff at the opening night. Like he was... I think for the opening weekend of the first week, like he did a concert there every night. That's cool. Which is there's you know there's Ryan Gosling will be at the roller rink at some points, but but I, I, I don't like, think he's to be working there nine to five. I like that. I like the idea of a uh, a celebrity opening something and like yeah they go off and do movies. But yeah. They care about like their restaurant. Yeah. They're, well, they're like that's fine. It's the theme that I'm oh. bothered with. That's all. You weren't a fan of La La Land, Joey's so favorite good. movie of all time. <laughs> I, love it. I still don't understand. I'm just that. I, like my, my I don't range, like those kind of movies. I like I my just... range of movies in your head is from La La Land to The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Best to worst. I don't know. Favorite to least favorite. That's not my favorite uh, Stone Gosling film. Well, the next one we're doing is Crazy Stupid Love. Is that your favorite? How many are there? Three. What's the third? Gangster Squad. Gangster Squad. Uh, probably Crazy Stupid Love. That's coming out. By uh, this month, October twenty first. I don't know when Though this episode comes out. Around now, probably around then. Though I don't watch This Is Us. That it's the same creator, Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, uh, the the pilot. This is nothing to do with this movie. But the pilot of This Is Us is incredible. And then I was like, oh wait, this is not my show at all. But like, the, the pilot <laughs> is so good. Well, people are like, oh my god, This Is Us. This Is Us. Oh yeah, my my, my whole family loves it. Maybe I just don't want to feel like that anymore. Like vulnerable. You know. oh, a little weepy. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to. I mean, it's a show that's designed to make you cry, which I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah, I just, I can't, I cannot get into like rom coms. I can't, I can't. You just love, you hate joy. I do. I, I don't fair. like joy. I get joy from bad people getting caught. <laughs> that's what <laughs> or I like. Or getting away. Or getting away. Yeah. Do you prefer in real life when the killer gets away? What? No, I'm no, in real life. Ryan! <laughs> God! Alex has never been more sad than when the Golden State Killer was caught. 
Oh yeah, I was she devastated. She's like, oh, he's still out there. I'm getting joy from this. Man. Are you? Are you? We had parties about. Are you that. the kind of person who writes like love letters to like <laughs> murderers? And pr- don't people do that? Like write like love letters to murderers in prison? Don't some of them, haven't some of them been married? Yes. In cars? Yeah. Are you really asking if I do that though? No, I'm not really. Okay. Asking. I don't. Come on. I don't not. I do Because some think people you have that. added me on Instagram since my friend Dahmer, and I don't want them serious? to think. <laughs> I don't want them to think no, that I'm okay. actually... For the record, I do not think Alex would ever oh, I'm going to unfollow you on Instagram. If, 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 that's, if that's not the case, I'm going to unfollow you on Instagram now. <laughs> okay. No, but that yes. is the case, though. There are these... Like... 100%. There have been multitudes <laughs> of serial killers getting nudie pics and um, getting uh, marriage proposals and have gotten married to some of these people. I'm trying oh, to think of God. one... And she wrote like wrote books and shit. She just pisses me off. I don't remember no, who I mean, she the, married. Like those people are terrible. I'm sorry. No, they're horrible, horrible people. <laughs> horrible. Yes. yes, and then again, just for the record, I never once thought that was. A no, joke. I know. I'm, I'm really okay. just picking on you. I just wanted. <laughs> yes, but, but um, I wanted. Concerned. I wanted my yes. my thing to jump really, really high. That's that's. <laughs> I'm more concerned thing. about the audience. You're right. Some people might not think we're kidding. That's okay. Come Anything at me. else, or we want to rate this thing? I have. Ra- I thought about it. I wrote down three different options we could rate this thing on. Okay. Ooh. What are we going to rate this thing on? Because this is the biggest mystery every Option time one, is. bags of dirt. Ooh. Ooh. There are a lot of those. Option two, walkie-talkies. Okay. Okay, yeah. Option three, binoculars. Alex, I'll let you pick. Bags of dirt. Bags I would say dirt. that that is the, the strongest. Out oh. of 100 bags of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no. There were a lot of bags of dirt in this movie. Oh, yes, only you are allowed to change the scale from five, but... We're going to keep it. Oh, I did. Okay. Uh, what did I say? Out of 35 minutes, how many minutes would you want to spend at lunch with Woody Harrelson? Yes, in? but it made sense because <laughs> of the movie. Okay, Alex, you first. How many bags of dirt out of five do you five. give this film? Um, I would say a, th- a three. I would say a solid three. Um, you know, there. This I think this movie redeems itself at the end. So any problems that you could find, I think it would re- it redeems itself for okay. sure. So I liked it, yeah. Three bags of dirt. Yes. Joseph. Are we reading this as a high school movie or just as a movie? I never. What, oh yeah, actually, I retract here? that. Okay, so I say high school movie because because this is a summer movie. There's no there's no high school. They didn't even talk about school really. They yeah. So it might be a controversial mm. pick, guys, but I don't rate it on a high school movie because I think that implies to people how much is it like high school. So not okay, that, oh, okay. but also not against like like uh, Lawrence of Arabia or anything like that. Enjoyability, mm-hmm. I suppose. Okay. Enjoyability. Yes. Okay, then I would say a three. Yeah. I think on Letterbox I gave it a four and a half out of five. So about I would I gave Edge of Seventeen a five. I gave Last Picture Show a four, or a thirty-five out of thirty-five, I yes. guess, <laughs> or thirty-four or whatever. And then Last Picture Show I gave a five. I'll be in the four to four and a half range. Okay. I don't know that it's necessarily a great movie. Like, I don't think it's in the same, you know, in terms of, like, good movies, whatever that means, as the other two movies that I've talked about or will talk about with you. But in terms of how much I like it, I wouldn't have watched this more often than I'll watch The Last Picture Show. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, Absolutely. the modern, it's the, it's the aesthetic, it's the everything. You know what I mean? Like, Last Picture Show is a masterpiece, but this is cool. Yeah. My original score was a three, but from talking about it here and then, so I watched it twice. Yeah, now that you love horror movies, what's up? And and my yeah, mm-hmm. my enjoyment of horror. I don't hate horror movies, guys. I just don't know horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know that how sounds, to enjoy them. Sounds like a racist person like defending themselves. My like, best friend's a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, 
I don't hate Native Hawaiians, you know. Like, I just don't know any Native Hawaiians, so it just. I love it. I just take assumptions about their culture. About you know. Oh this is this is how this is the farthest you ever get from Kyle. Like Kyle's just like, oh, Philadelphia sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is very true. <laughs> Kyle has more conviction than me. We'll say. Kyle's got too much conviction. <laughs> He's got conviction for the two of you. Not that it's always a bad thing. It's usually a no, good thing. No. But every once in a while, he's just like, fuck this. And be like, why? He's like, I don't know. It's just because. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. No, so but, but it, was a th- it was a three bags of dirt. <laughs> so it was three bags of dirt. And I think I'm going to give it four bags of dirt. Yeah. Mm, four okay. bags of dirt. Okay. A solid a solid four. I mean, again, I, now I want to see this again. And it's fun. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, this is a fun film. It is. A fun film where a little boy gets his throat slit but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to watch horror movies that are high school slash college about a hot babysitter or whatever or like the babysitter fetishization or whatever that's exactly mm-hmm. why i brought you on see the, for this the house of the devil yes 100%. see better watch out mm-hmm. see the babysitter mm-hmm. there's probably others but those are the three that we mentioned i think earlier in this Adventures episode and babysitting <sighs> the Club. opening to that movie <laughs> Is still maybe my favorite thing in any movie ever. <laughs> Elizabeth really Shue like dancing around to And Then He Kissed Me. Is that a high school movie? I gotta see it. I have a list of, like, let me see. Yeah. Because, like, one can argue that if this counts, that might count. Because they're never... In, they might briefly be in high school. The kids are in high school for sure. Like, um, one of the Corys and stuff. That's also tough when you're, like... Because I feel like it's her movie. And if she's not in high school, just because if there are high school... You know what I mean? Like... I don't know if she's in high school. I'd have to check that. That's something I She's probably on the cusp. She might be. She might not be. And that would really be the deciding factor. Because while we don't see a high school classroom in this, Mm -hmm. it's based around high school. Yeah. It's the age. And the high school experience. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that doesn't... Like, I don't want people thinking, oh, could you do a movie that has high schoolers in it? Like, it has to have, like, some of the main... Either there are scenes in high school, mm-hmm. or so, or the main characters are, like, high school age or attending high school. Yep. Um, but, like, I don't know. There are movies where, like, there's a one high school kid, you know? That's not going to count. Like, like I don't know. The 40-year-old virgin, there's, like, a high school kid in that, right? I'm not going to do the 40-year-old right. virgin. Right. You know? But you said that you were going to be doing 8th grade? Is that what I you're did, saying? Yeah, we you did. Okay, yeah. okay. And that counts. Yeah, because she's going in. She's going to into high, high school. school. It's it's about mm-hmm. her process into high school. It also represents so much of the spirit of what this podcast is about. Yeah. Also, there is a high school scene in that film. Okay, so, so then that. Yes, that's I was good. gonna do it anyway, but once I saw it, I'm like, haters, I am validated because she has like mm. high school orientation there, and it's like actually a big part of the film. So. Oh, okay. So, cool, yes. cool, cool. Eighth grade, catch that episode. Gucci. Gucci, and we spend it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thanks so much, guys, for coming on. Um, this is the time where you can just plug your Joey, in your case, your shows, Alex, your Instagram, and you know where people can physically write you letters and stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. Please uh, DM me your your um, professing your love to me while uh, while I'm in jail. Do you prefer you your cool. letters in like cut up magazine uh, fashion? Honestly, I, I would like them to be ripped from notebook paper, sprayed way too much with Axe body spray, oh. or some kind of perfume. That's that's me personally, but whatever you find, whatever. Joe, are you an Axe guy? I could smell it on you. Yeah. 
You're the chocolate axe No, in guy. high school, everybody, everybody had axe in high yeah, school. No, but high, that, axe was a big high like, school. Thing. Like, when I, oh, yeah. When I think class. about <laughs> high school locker rooms, like just gym class, all I, just, all I can just smell is axe. Yeah. You can taste it almost. <laughs> taste, yeah. Like you can like literally here, taste Yeah. Right here, you know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like ugh. That was the this worst. cover up my gross teenage hormone BO. Jesus See, Christ. I'd rather smell that it's funny than the axe like, Axe? Now Axe is never going to be a sponsor of the show. But Damn it. Maybe Axe is better now, but I feel like it would just go on top of it, if that makes sense. You would smell the B.O. and, like, that really strong smell. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, oh, like you spray and then you walk into it. Like, <laughs> kind of like... Just like, the, mm, the cloud mm, of moistness. Just like, you know, on the, on the wrist. Yeah. Love it. So, Alex, where can people follow you, find you? Uh, yeah, uh, hit me up on, on the gram. That's... Uh, mostly where I uh, spend my time on social That's media. That's Instagram, right? Yes, it is Instagram. That's correct. Gram. Hashtag Graham. It's uh, this is Alex underscore dude, D-U-D-E. Please, please, please send me love letters. <laughs> I'm very lonely. And Joey, what's coming up on Cage Club? Where can people follow you? And so I'm looking at the podcast. new Cage Club editorial calendar, and this episode comes out October 19th. And so this past week... We release the Magic Mike's episode of Fighting. Next, we are in two days. On Sunday, we're going to release Crazy Stupid Love, which we were talking about. On both of those episodes, and on our November 1st episode of Too Fast, Too Forever, Joe and I have very special programming announcements. We're, we're changing up the way that we're doing things. Oh. So check those out. And we are also, importantly, today, I believe, and I'm going to double check this, um, is the day that the awards for the Watch the Throne podcast are now open to be voted on. Ah. So I believe for roughly three or four weeks, you can vote on the best and the worst of Charlie's Theron movies. Ooh. Uh, October 19th, yes, today, opening now. Available now at caseclub.me. Go to caseclub.me, search for the Black and Chrome Grills, or whatever we're going to call them. I'm not. I'm still not sure yet. Mike and I have to do some... That's... What is that a reference from? Mad Max Fury Road. So, oh, so okay, she's got a lot okay. of things with teeth. So we're doing grills for that, but also grills for cars. But you know, I'm riding shiny and chrome into Valhalla, so you know, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, nice. But yeah, go to cageclub.me and you can vote on the best and the worst of Charlie Theron movies, and then come back. I think November 9th, I want to say, or November 16th, for the actual award show. Just like you guys did the PSL of Hoffman and the Hoffies live. We're not doing it live, but you know, oh. we're wrapping up the show with the award show. What's the last Charlie's film? Not Tully. Ever. Tully, okay. Which we just recorded with Jordan of Wistful Thinking and of 8th Grade in Greece. Tully's real good. Tully's real weird. Like, unexpectedly weird. So you end on a good note, thankfully. Yes. That was somewhat of a... She ended on a really high note because Gringo wasn't great, but before that we had Fate of the Furious, which isn't... Which, I mean, is a Fast and Furious movie, so of course it's great, but it's also <laughs> my least favorite one, I think. Mm. And But she also recently did, like, Atomic Blonde, and she's had oh. a... She, after a very tumultuous career... She ends in a in a good place. Yeah, even Fury Road, too. Like you know, yeah, one of the more recent ones. Because I know it was a little bit of a struggle. Oh, big time during a stretch. Big for, time, for you guys. <laughs> big time. Mm. So yeah, I mean, you could follow Sweet. Cage Club dot me, but I mean, uh, Cage Club on Twitter at Cage Club Pod, Twitter and Instagram. What, what Go to cageclub.me slash newsletter and get our monthly newsletter that I write and send out on the first of the month every month. Yeah, you should you should join it's the newsletter. It's free. Oh it's no, free. I'm I'm definitely oh, I'm on the email newsletter. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. There yeah. we go. So those of you who are not I haven't I haven't talked about the newsletter on here. So those of you who have not joined the newsletter, 
What's the newsletter like about? It's really the best of the best of what the, the podcast network has to offer. So I highlight new shows, the best of episodes, because we put out like 35 episodes a month. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who listens to all of them. And so I do my little editor's picks, you know, my favorite ones from each show from each month. So some shows, you know, the stuff I do with Joe too, it's usually like monthly, so just whatever that is. But your show and Kyle's show and the stuff I do with Mike, usually weekly, just pick one that I like the best and just highlight that. Awesome. Um, also, you know, like when Real Bad launched their Patreon or just anything that's really going on with the network that people should know about. You know, I, I feel like most people here, li- maybe people listen to your show but don't know that there's, I mean, I know you talk about other shows, but maybe they don't know that there are other shows. You know what I mean? So it's just awareness of what we're doing as a whole. Yeah, a good opportunity to find a lot of other cool content. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Sweet Sweet Tent. And did you mention, <laughs> I'm sorry, did you mention um, when the Cinemakers for this comes out? I'll say today. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because so we're recording it on time. Monday, so yeah, so right around today. I think, you know, because we're recording on Monday, and I'll just, Michael edit it, and yeah, so it'll be up today. So you get, uh, if you didn't, if we didn't chat enough about Summer of 84 from the technical Cinemakers aspect. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about really how this compares to Turbo Kid and compare and contrast and what, like, what the collective does in terms of filmmaking, but we'll also talk about... And what are they called again? RKSS Collective. So if you're a fan of the RKSS Collective and you found your way here... <laughs> Definitely tune into Cinemaker. Go check it out. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Gucci. (laughs) If you don't get that Gucci reference, shame on you. That means you haven't seen 8th grade, nor have you listened to our episode on 8th grade. Shame, shame, shame. Anyway, big thank you to Joey and Alex. Always love to have those two on. And I always need that, uh, I guess, a little extra help when I'm doing the horror films. Can't wait to explore the horror genre here. Again, just not too familiar with it. But this is a new one, and I'm sure a lot of you aren't familiar with this film. Definitely check it out. Definitely recommend it. It's easy to rent, easy to see in the comfort of your own home with the lights off, maybe with a, with a, your scary movie buddy next to you. Um, your homework assignment, though, for next week, it's going to be a good one. One of the most awesomely bad films of all time. I'm talking about Teen Witch. High school. It's supposed to be the time of your life. How does she do that, James? But for Louise Miller, high school was a living hell. From her first secret love. I could just die. To her first blind date. Nobody wants to date you because you're a dog. A dog! A dog! I'm David, Miranda's cousin. Ready? My life is a walking, talking tragedy. Give me some soul kisses, baby! I wish you would just leave me alone! But just when nothing more could possibly go wrong. It's you. You're one of us. Me? A witch? Something wonderful went right. Now she's possessed with special powers. You can make anything happen. Break away, Kiki! That are simply bewitching. She can make her worst teacher hot. I will never be hit. And her best friend cool. I want to be the most popular girl. 
You have the power to make anything you want happen. Can I make him love me? Love you? With me being your coach, he's gonna become your love slave. Everybody dreams, but Louisa's dreams all come true. Astroth, Barbas, Tetragrammaton, Theos, Ishinos, Athetos. What? It's uh, a new YouTube song. Team Witch. Winning is a magical feeling. And as we continue with our uh, Halloween October theme, sort of, Shawnee Mead is coming back. Huge, huge fan, I guess you could say. Somebody who really has seen Teen Witch a lot, and I can't wait to talk to her about this film because, I don't know, I feel like we're going to get some good stuff. What a strange film. I'll say that much. Anyway, of course, please follow this show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Like our stuff. Comment. We love the comments. One thing that I probably should do, I keep teasing making a MySpace. Again, I'm not too sure MySpace still exists, but I'm going to have a MySpace soon. Don't worry. I'm saying it here as much to remind myself (laughs) as you guys as well. Anyway, so you definitely want to follow us on social media. And tell your friends. Honestly, that's the best way to get the word out about the high school slumber party. Send those slumber party invites by just word of mouth or a text or a a BBM, whatever you kids are using today. Just tell your friends about the High School Slumber Party. We'd love to have them aboard. By the way, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we truly, truly mean that this week, because in addition to being on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, we are also now featured on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify person, if you're a Spotify diehard, you can listen to us there. More places more places to join us on the slumber party. Let's see, cageclub.me, all the other great shows on there. You definitely want to check them out. All of Joey's 10 million shows, all featured there. Oh, oh, I should mention this. We kind of talk about a ghost, right, on this episode. I feel like there's definitely a ghost in my apartment now. And that was proven because I actually guest starred on one of my favorite podcasts. Kara and Jordan have both been on High School Slumber Party, but their podcast is Wistful Thinking. And I guest starred on their Craft episode, The Craft, you know, the high school teen witch film, not Teen Witch. This film is kind of, uh, I don't know, considered a little bit better than Teen Witch. But The Craft, awesome movie. But so many spooky things were happening. I haven't listened to the episode yet, but I'm super curious to hear it because, I don't know, There was, like, so much technological weird stuff, right? So, let's just say, on this episode, we probably awoke the ghost that lives in my apartment. (laughs) Anyway, check out Wistful Thinking. Check out all the other great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network. That's cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. So today, I'm going to leave you with something from the score of this film. It's like one of those cool electronic scores, and it's like so much a part of this movie, Summer of 84. And as Joey mentioned, the soundtrack or the score is done by Lamatos, 
And the song is actually called Summer of 84. So thanks so much for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed it. Later, dudes. It's over. Go home. Go.